Get ready, get ready for this pipe and hot tea. Get ready, get ready for tea time and filter with your girl loving tea. Spilling all this hot tea on this podcast street. So get ready, get ready for this pipe and hot tea. Bottle tea time and filter with your girl loving tea. Hey, tea sippers, it's your girl T, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered. I got my girl BL Sherelle here on the line. BL, say what's up to the people. Hey, tea sippers. Hey, y'all. I miss y'all. What's going on? I know it's been a while since you've been here, so I'm glad you're able to join me today. I'll be trying to find the right topics for you. So, anything with hip hop and music, I love getting your commentary on there. So, it has been a lot of drama over this weekend concerning DJ Academics. Um, He has pissed off a lot of people in hip hop. They feel like he's doing too much. Um, He's gotten big headed and arrogant. And the main issue first that happened with DJ Academics is that he called the pioneers of hip hop old and dusty. Mm. Called a bunch of old dusty. So they haven't done anything for hip hop. They're not helping the youth. And so LL Cool J at that point, he got word of this, Master Flex, Kid Capri, a lot of these guys, you know, heard what DJ Academics had to say and they were not happy. So I'm going to go ahead and read to you guys what Kid Capri wrote, and then we will listen to what LL Cool J said as well. So Kid Capri says, I don't understand why what this guy says even matters. You make the wackest people famous out here. He made some money from talking on the net since the pandemic and now he's going to disrespect the pioneers instead of taking that energy and figuring out how to help some of them at funk flex what you calling him brother for he's a meatball for what he said anything goes out here shake my head take the dj off his name he runs his mouth he don't dj so dj capri was not here for it we'll play you guys a snippet of what ll cool j had to say so y'all go ahead and check this out that's what it is. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. Them old rappers, man, them niggas. Bro, have you seen any of these old rappers who be like, yo, they're the foundation of hip hop, really living good? Them niggas be looking really dusty. I kid you not. And then none of y'all try to come for me because I don't fuck with y'all niggas either. So I'm just going to tell you the truth. Y'all be looking like Every time they be like an old, old nigga talking about hip hop, you be like, yo, bro, you sure you in better this? Because everybody else living better than you. It came to my attention that a DJ, and um, I'm not going to say any names because I don't think it's necessary. A DJ basically said that, um, you know, a lot of the pioneers in hip-hop are, you know, they're dusty. Or how can they be the pe- person that, um, you know, invented hip-hop if, uh, you know... They don't have a lot of money. Um, or if they don't look represent like they have a lot of dough, right? Let me explain something to you um, and, and say this for you guys. Don't confuse someone's ability to develop a business model. Don't conflate. In other words, don't think just because somebody knows how to get money or fails to get money that they didn't make a contribution to the culture. No one discusses Miles Davis's bank account. We don't talk about John Coltrane's bank account. We don't talk about 
A lot of even rock musicians, a lot of them, we don't talk about their bank accounts. A lot of great country artists, we don't talk about their bank accounts. Um, this idea that you have to have money or else you don't have any value is a bad idea and it's a it's a it's a it's kind of like it's a misinformed way of looking at the world and the culture. There are artists out here. First of all, let me let me let me say this. First of all, you know, like let's talk about like young artists, right? Which who I love. I love the young artists. Let's be clear. I'm very much a guy who embraces the young artists. I believe in every generation. I believe in you. I care about you. Let me say this to you, though. Today, you could come up with your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, your 20-year plan. You can go find a manager. You can find an accountant. You could find somebody that means something to you, um, you know, to help you. You could find a team to help your career go to the next level. When hip-hop first started, there were no managers. There were no accountants that believed in it. Record companies didn't even believe in it. Nobody believed in it. How can you make a five-year plan or a 10-year plan on something that doesn't even exist yet, that people have never even heard of? So just because a couple of these guys and girls and people out here made songs and made music and made contributions to this culture, or even dancers, Danced and 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 put made these contributions code just because they didn't get rich, just because they weren't able to pile up millions or billions of dollars, does not mean that they didn't make a contribution to this culture. That does not mean that they didn't do something. They created an industry that we all ate off of. They created an industry that you eat off of. When you go out there and you go monetize your brand, when you go monetize your brand, when you go get your, your whatever and do what you got to do to build your career, when you go out there and, and negotiate your deals and negotiate your checks and talk tough, guess what? That money, that bread, that food that you eating was created by those same people that you disrespected. That industry was created by them same people that you call in, you know, foul words, foul language. The, thing, the people that you're referring to. So my thing is this. It's always good. It's always good to get money. It's always important. It's important. It's important to get money. I agree. I'm all about getting paper. I've been talking about it my whole career. But don't ever, ever, ever confuse being rich with making a contribution to our culture. Don't ever play yourself like that again. Because trust me, you playing yourself. Because without these dudes and these girls who started this hip-hop culture, a lot of the guys that's out there talking tough, you wouldn't even have a career. You'd be, we'd be on the corner with a beer talking about what's the next move we gonna make. So I would say, Approach this game with humility and be glad and be thankful that these pioneers, you know, these exactly slave mentality. Be glad that these pioneers help create this culture and let's show them love. Let's elevate them. Let's celebrate them. That's why I started Rock the Bells. That's why I started this movement. So I wouldn't have to listen to to foolish rhetoric about. 
people that changed the world. These people changed the entire world. The whole planet runs on hip hop culture right now. The whole planet, every commercial, every the, 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 you know everything you could think of, is all about hip hop. And there are people out there that started this thing, and I think that they deserve to be honored and respected. I'm gonna leave it right there. I'm not gonna say no names. I'm not gonna say nothing foul. I'm not gonna go at nobody's character. I'm just gonna say. Think before you speak. Peace. Today's show sponsor is Chime. So what's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking your credit score? <laughs> I doubt it. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start building your credit with your very own money. Chime reports your payments to the credit bureaus to help you build your credit over time. Their members have seen an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So if you want to start your credit journey with Chime, sign up takes only two minutes and it does not affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com forward slash sip slow. Once again, that's Chime.com forward slash sip slow. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank N.A. pursuant to a license from Visa USA. Chime checking account and $200 qualification direct deposit required to apply for a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact of score may vary and some users' scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply, except at MoneyPass ATMs in 7-Elevens or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Okay, so y'all just heard what Ella Kuja had to say about the situation. So now we're going to go ahead and talk about it. So, BL, what do you think about all the drama that's gone down with DJ Academics? What do you think about what Kid Capri had to say? And, you know, what LL said touched a lot of people. So I want to hear your thoughts. Well, because what LL said was perfect. It was perfect. Like his response. He didn't distract with a bunch of name calling and, you know, a bunch of bullshit. You know what I mean? He was very eloquent in his response. He was mm -hmm. very informative in his response. I really respect the LL's response. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, now, King Capri, I mean, he sounds really angry about about with X said, which not rightfully so, but he's a more successful um founder, such as I know he's not exactly from the founding generation, he's like right after, but he's had a very lasting career, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. but I just think that this conversation is worthy of having. Should he have called them dusty? No, but I mean, who listens if you're not a little bit uh, you know. You know, you got to throw some spice on there to get people to hear what you're trying to say. Like, yeah, this generation that, definitely needs a little bit of spice. We need shade. We need, you know, yes. we need a little bit of drama. Yes. Hey, he just said, oh, the founding fathers and the people who came before are not really helping the youth. This would have just been another day in the middle. Nobody would have ever been talking about it. Nobody would have ever heard it. So I actually kind of respect Act for like just calling it like it is. Some of them are bitter and broke. And that's the truth. Some of them are, not all of them, but some of them.
them. And I could obviously see how that can happen because you see how it has been so successfully commercial. But I think that we're talking about two different things. I think we're talking about the sexual, the successful commercialization of rap versus hip hop. Hip hop is not as commercial as rap music. That's just one portion of hip hop is rapping. Um, and that's the one that is commercialized heavily. Uh, so I think we're having separate conversations, but I feel like a lot of these old heads is just using it for the clout. But get the clout. Go ahead, because he did, he definitely called for y'all. So go ahead and get it, you know, but it doesn't get the conversation that should be had as to why people are not supporting the forefathers and why, you know, older the older generation of hip-hop are not upheld, right? Like how other genres of music, you know, rock, country, you know what I mean? They don't let their their legends go out as sad as we let ours go out. So that conversation is worth having. You know, I appreciate Act for sticking his neck out and talking about it. Yeah, because even by the fact that there's no hip-hop unions, you yeah. know, and a lot of these, I mean, we can think back to even Black Rob, you know, look how sick he was and he ended up dying within a few days of everybody finding out that he was in the hospital. Um, there's been a lot of rappers who have been sick and, you know, died and people had to put up GoFundMe and things like that. And these were people who had massive success. So I do respect that part of the conversation that there needs to be something, especially for the people who paved the way. But another thing that he was saying is what frustrates him is that he feels like none of these old heads have ever educated any of the youth because a lot of the new rappers coming up behind them, you know, what, 20, 30 years later, they're still being offered the same horrible record deals. Right. Well, see, here's the thing. There actually is a hip hop union called the Hip Hop Alliance that was founded by Chuck D, KRS-One. Curtis Blow, I think Dougie Fresh is involved, but here's here's the thing. I don't see people mm -hmm. supporting it. I don't see people posting about it saying, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm signed up. I'm signed up. Listen, I'm okay. true blue because I'm signed up, but it's a nonprofit. You know, that's my that's my space. So I'm, I'm in, I always see certain things. Mm -hmm. So I don't see many people supporting. It's new. It's fairly new. It hasn't been around that long. But my thing is, I haven't seen people supporting it like they should have. You know, this is somebody, KRS-One has been educating through music his entire career. You know what I mean? Like, that's what his whole rap style was. I know he got the whole African Bavada thing. But that, aside from that, I'm saying this hip-hop union, if people, it's just funny how everybody's so up in arms about what X said, but I don't see them supporting the hip-hop alliance. And if is it being heavily promoted though? Like, are they really promoting it? Because, like I said, I've never heard of it. And do you think DJ Academics just doesn't know about it? Because he said there wasn't a, a hip hop union. So, do you think maybe he hasn't heard it because it's not being promoted and supported properly? I, well, it's not being promoted, obviously, if nobody heard of it. But my thing is, <laughs> if it's Chuck D, right? And mm -hmm. it's Curtis, well, Curtis Blow, I don't see him much. But I do see KRS. I do see Chuck D. I do see Dougie Fresh. They know most of the people who are, you know, they know the Russell Simmonses. They know the Jay-Zs. They know, you know, the bigger names that can get this thing out. So do you think that it's by way of KRS, KRS one not promoting properly? Or do you think that people just are not supporting it properly? Because if it's a nonprofit and I hit you up and say, hey, um, Hey, Diddy, I need you to, you know, go tell everybody to sign up for the hip hop union, blah, 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 blah. And they don't do it. I mean, it's by so much that they can they can do, but ask favors of their of their counterparts and their peers. 
So I just feel like that's why I said I think a lot of this is clout, clout chasing because there's ways that you could support not just the hip hop union, but what about the um, the hip hop museum that just opened up? Not the track museum because the southerners do it different. They look after their people, but the Universal Hip Hop Museum in the Bronx that's preserving the like um, the culture of hip hop, all five elements, all the OG artists. I don't see people promoting that or supporting that either. So, I mean, I just feel like they just kind of using this opportunity to get clout, but they're not actually, they don't really care, basically, is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, this is just a waste of energy. It's just something that you guys want to, you know, bitch about. And anytime it's time to jump on academics, you jump on academics. But there's ways to, you know, help with the with the elders and y'all not doing it. Now, I know one of the things I found very interesting... <laughs> Is Uncle Rushcar jumped into the conversation? Yeah, he should have. He should have been quiet. He really should have been. I was kind of surprised when he chimed in. I was asked to to speak about this uh, attack on the founding fathers, and in light of it becoming the fiftieth birthday of hip hop, I figured I'd share something because I was asked uh, from a friend. He sent me the comments from the DJ academics. I don't know who Academics is, but I know that he's popular amongst young people. Let me say this. Hip-hop has uh, been the founding fathers without Hollywood and Chiba and Starkey and Cool Herc and Busy B and Love Bugs and without Grandmaster Flash and Grand Wizard Theodore and without those people, I wouldn't be here. But I was there before there was such thing as records. These are the people who played the parties that Rush Productions promoted. So they are the founding fathers and they created hip hop. And no, they didn't all get so much money. But as as far as money, hip hop has been great because it's given people ways to survive. And other people have become extremely rich. I mean, I remember working with artists who were the biggest of the big and some of them are not so wealthy today. I remember signing paperwork for Jay-Z and Kanye West, and they're pretty rich. So I've seen it all. And I was there before rap records, as I said. And I look at hip-hop as a way to empower others. You get older, maybe, if you get older, Mr. DJ, you will also look at hip-hop that way. Because in the end, life only gives you a comfortable seat. And memories... And my memories of people like great grand, the great Grandmaster Flash and his rapper, Melly Mel, let me see. People in the place to base in the face, you're about to see first place in the rap race. The sounds you hear so good to hear. Have no fear, the great Grandmaster Flash is here. Introducing the disco dream on the mean machine, the dark fade on the slide, beta, no one could. Anyway, I can go on forever. Flash. My memories of him are greater than the yachts I got on. Are greater than the trips I took around the world. My memories of the culture exploding. DJ Hollywood, right now, Mama in your neighborhood. Yes, once again, it's Hollywood. Watching that stuck in my memory today. I'm 65. Right now, I can remember those things a lot more vividly. They made a much greater impression on my heart than all of the stuff that I got. In fact, I've abandoned most of the stuff because it doesn't make me happy. But my memories in hip hop make me happy and in fact they give me uh, a thankfulness a, a 
gratefulness comes from the experiences that I had with these hip hop artists. The LL Cool J and Public Enemy and Slick Rick and De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest and Eric B and Rakim and Big Daddy Kane and you know all of those artists who I work with all the way up until Ludacris and Foxy Brown and you know all of that. I've seen all that shit and I'm still here and I guess I look good. I have this house I built here in Bali in this hotel next door and I have a talent agency. In fact, I'm still making all this money because I said that the worth of a, a man's career is how many people have you made successful? We've made hundreds of people, millionaires, many of them. Most of them, so many millionaires. Leo and Cohen who runs YouTube and Julie Greenwald who's most successful woman in the history of music business and record label of the year every year and record executive of the year, Kevin Lyles. These are people who came from the root and my root uh, is DJ Hollywood, Cool Hurt, Eddie Chiba. So don't forget your roots, academics. Is that how you pronounce it? Like the clothing brand? Stop it. Just, you know, pause and be grateful for those who came before you who built your life. I don't know how much, how wealthy you are, how many boats you float on, how many cars you own. How many people have you made rich? How many people have you made successful who have made their families successful? What have you done for the culture, most importantly? <clears throat> I know Kanye's songs and I know uh, I know Drake's songs. I don't know you. I know I sound like Stacey Dash. I don't know you nigga at all. I don't know what you made, but I wish you well. God bless you and Hip Hop 50 is coming so God bless hip hop. You know, I just, for me, um, I'm very big on the messenger. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes the message can be cool, but a lot of times if, if it's from a certain messenger, I'm just not going to receive it. Granted, he's one of the, you know, he's been in hip hop for years, but he has a lot of shady shit in his background. He's currently living in Bali. You know, he self exiled himself because of all these allegations. So my thing is, you know, you really don't have room to even chastise anybody when you haven't even cleaned out your own closet and even addressed the situations that were levied against you. Mm -hmm. Well, did you see as soon as he said something, act blessed his ass so bad he came back apologize. So my, you right, brother. I should have never named call. I didn't mean no. We could have a conversation. Was like, oh, now you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so now he's trying to backtrack and pussy pop. Yeah, he trying and I mean, that's the truth. It, it comes out very hypocritical. And I think even for me, like, I can get where Ak is coming from. I think it's not even so much his message, but it's how he says it, right? Because, mm -hmm. you, like you said, he could say, I feel like the founding fathers of hip-hop or these old guys in hip-hop should be doing more for the youth, should be educating them. It's about how you say it. Him calling them broke and dusty and selfish and all this stuff, it does leave a bad taste in, you know, especially that generation's mouth. Absolutely. But I, but I also think this is a another thing, too. It's almost like legacy media versus new media, you know, and he had to fight his way to the top to be like, you know, recognized as a part of hip hop media. And even then, people don't even want to give him his flowers. Right. They still want to act like he's irrelevant to like the culture. Hate him or love him. He is part of the of hip hop culture now. He's part of the hip hop hip hop dialogue. He's part of hip hop media. Regardless if you're mad that he done put on a bunch of SoundCloud rappers, it doesn't matter. He's part of the conversation. He's put a lot of people on. 
And I think that's where a lot of the jealousy and the anger comes from because he's putting on these new artists that most people would not have known of, like 6ix9ine, XXX, you know, Trippy Red, all of those guys who were coming from SoundCloud at the time. He was actually giving them a platform. He was actually, you know, pushing them and, and bringing support to these guys. And I think the the rappers who have been in the game for a while were feeling like, well, no, I'm a commercial rapper. I'm, you know, Meek Mill. I'm T.I. I'm, you know, I'm just using names. I'm Future. You should be giving me those accolades. I should be coming on your platform and promote my stuff to your millions of followers. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be these underground SoundCloud rappers. So I feel like some of the, the, the hate that he does get, it does stem from, you know, low-key beef and jealousy. Yeah, well, I, back in the day, I had my issues with, uh, with this was in the war, the war of Charagnes. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stomach that. But I've seen him grow since then. You know what I mean? I've seen him do more than that. Right. So like when people grow, so that's, I feel like people use that. They use the, his, his, when he first started with the war in Chirac and all that against him forever, right? We can never undo certain things that we've done. People want to constantly bring that, bring it up. But what I respect about academics is that he has grown further than that. And one other thing that he did was he kind of showed the rapper that the media lasts longer than the rapper. So like mm. there was a lot of people that he used to beef with. And at the time they was at the top. And then it came to the point where they had to make peace with it because you see, I'm still be here. You're cooling off, but I'm still right. around. And I think that, you know, that also he's the, probably the first one to really pop their shit. Like, no, because I feel like maybe Star, Star definitely used to pop his shit at the rappers back in the day. I'm trying to think of some media people who was cocky enough to like really be going, going at the rappers. But Eck has like a big chip on his shoulder because he's not, you know, a street type of guy. And, you know, all these street guys try to make it seem like, that make him little money. And he like, no, I'm big dog. You know, my money longer than yours. They get like, mm-hmm. you know, put some respect on my name. And, and, and I respect it because he has been along, around long enough now. And also he gives a lot of his fans music information, like about contracts, right. about licensing, about, you know, stuff like that, that a lot of media people don't even waste their time in, you know, divulging. But he is a fan. He's a true fan. He's very en- engrossed in the culture. He, Wants to know everything that's going on, everything on the business side, everything with the rappers. You know, he you can tell he's a true fan of rap music, you know what I mean? Which I can right. appreciate. But I, I do think it's a jealousy thing because now the rappers are realizing that the media will be around longer than them. And that's that's a hard pill to swallow when you're an artist and you feel like what the other person doing is not as quote unquote important as what you're doing. But you know, it's it's similar to the sports, right? How sometimes people complain about, you know, Skip and Shannon and all that. But this 24 hour news cycle is what gets y'all those big contracts. Without the 24 hour TV, the money is not coming in to the point where you you can sign a deal for 180 million. That's you know, you can't you can't survive without one without the other. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think too, it also shakes up that whole gatekeeper mentality. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, when it comes to like hip hop media and hip hop in general, you got your news source from a very limited source, right? So it'd be, you know, Hot 97. Um, it might be Double XL Magazine or The Source back in the day. It wasn't a lot of options. And one thing about the internet that I love, it's made it an even playing field. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We're not coming up to, now when I say we're, I'm taking, talking about DJ academics, people like me. 
I'm not coming up through legacy media. I didn't have to jump on nobody's casting couch. I didn't have to, you know what I'm saying, bend over backwards to get to where I'm at. And he had neither. He built his own lane. And that's one thing about the internet. Um, you're able to build a lane and a fan base of people who either rock with you or don't rock with you. But there will be people who support you no matter what. And that's what he was able to tap into because, again, not every black man is a thug. Not every black guy's from the streets. Sure. He went to college. You know, he just DJed on the side and he for found sure. something for those dudes who are not, you know, really don't have no swag. They don't really have, you know, street cred or nothing like that. But they enjoy hip hop. So he was almost like that little conduit for those types of guys. His so-called chat niggas that's what he calls them yeah. and so they support him they go hard and that's the thing he was able to tap into a base and even with the warren chirac as distasteful as it was and as you know i didn't particularly like it but at the end of the day it was also years ago so it's very right. funny yeah. that rappers like ti and others can rap about selling drugs killing and i'm just using ti as an example trapping and all this stuff but then in the same breath, once they want to change and be woke and, you know, kick knowledge every other post, nobody says, but remember when you was talking about trapping? Remember when you were talking about selling drugs and, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and shooting at people? Nobody keeps throwing that in their face. But it's very interesting with him when they want to down talk him or bring him down. That's the first thing they say, Warren Chirac. Yeah. So it's like he's not able to elevate and grow from that because of a small chapter in his life. Right. But everybody else can and that's well, the part where you can see, like, the hate and the jealousy. Absolutely. So they used that. Wait, did you see the beef with him and Ebro? One recently? So, yes. So speaking of the gatekeeper thing, uh -huh. when this all popped off, Ebro wants to chime in, and he started going in on Ebro about basically Ebro blackballing other artists. That he oh, yeah, I like, did see that. Yeah, and, and not putting them on Apple playlists and stuff like that if they didn't align mm -hmm. with basically Ebro's thinking. He started kind of like exposing it. Ebro was like, what? I have nothing to do with that. They're just mad. They think that basically Ebro was saying that artists think that they have a rightful spot on these playlists, and they don't, you know? It just all mm -hmm. depends on if the shit is hot enough or whatever. But that kind of pulled that curtain back for a second, and then he was like, all right, I'm going to chill. Because I do still know who I'm talking to, right? Which is the and he says Ebro has a lot of power in the industry and Apple Music. He's like the the the, the top playlist, you know, boss essentially in hip hop. When y'all don't know the information, y'all don't know who to blame. Y'all think I control hip hop? I don't control shit. I'm a cog in the wheel. I'm a cog in the wheel. Ebro, let's read what it says. This is 2019. Think about your favorite artists 2018 and think about them 2019 going on. Is there any artist you could think of that their shit's been looking a lot differently? I wonder why. Let, 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 let's read it. Radio host Ebro Darden joins Apple Music's global head of hip hop and R&B exclusive. Oh, this is what I wanted to show you right before I got read the rest of the article. I posted this. It's important that y'all see this. It's important. Sometimes I post shit y'all don't understand. All right, double A said this. Streaming was 84% of recorded music revenues in the first half of 2022. 
with nearly two thirds from paid subscription. You gave it to the guy who don't fuck with Kodak. He tested Uzi. He he already said he don't respect. He basically said he don't respect Uzi's art because he couldn't freestyle on the show. Don't fuck with newer artists, young boy. And also, he's on Tory Lanez's fucking intro for um uh uh, uh it's called Money Over Fallouts, where he said, "Tory, the best thing for you to do is disappear." You think he's gonna put your music? Up at the top? You think he's gonna put your music in the favor of the algorithm? You think he's gonna make sure that your music is getting a fair chance by fans? It's just like what I said. If I was in this position, Freddie Gibbs would be homeless on the street. All the algorithms would be working against him. That's why I'm surprised that he has this job. Because he's like me. When he don't like a nigga, that nigga ain't getting playlisted. If he don't like a nigga's movement, that nigga won't be getting supported. If he feels a way about a nigga, he takes it out via the playlist. Is that true? Or is that fair? When you pay $9.99... And they have this lossless thing now. So I think you could pay $12.99 or a family plan, $15 or $19.99 for Apple Music. Are you paying $20 a month to hear what Ebro, the nigga with the gray in his beard, wants you to hear? Or you want to play what you and your friends want to hear? And basically, he was saying how NBA Youngboy and um, he said Tory Lanez, he threw a couple uh, compa- uh, people out there. Uh, Tory Lanez, um, NBA young boy, I think he said six nine two, but he was basically saying these are people who are not in your good favor, and because of that, you are making sure that they are not on these playlists on Apple. But he said, I'm not going to say much more because what if I have an artist later on down the road that I sign and I want to, you know, get them out there? I'm gonna have to deal with Ebro on that back end. But it talked mm-hmm. about like that gatekeeping and how you know a lot of these radio people. You know, pay for play and all the other shit that they into. Not that, you know, act might not engage in that too. But he's doing it from an outsider. You know, it's not mm-hmm. all in the same system. You know what I mean? It's not all in the same right. system. And they don't like that because right. he can come in on the outside and spill the tea, whereas these are industry trade secrets. So now if he's out here putting out the business out here, how can we punish him? They really can't because he's on his own platform. He has his own, you know, fan base so there's really no way to rein him in so that's what makes him dangerous quote-unquote for some of the people in hip-hop and you know i think a lot of this stuff is rigged you know when you think about it you know the the playlist and the payola and the things that they play and what's popular even the streams i'll never forget that video of susan wojeski the ceo of youtube um talking to juice world and saying you know um you know just come to youtube put your videos on there we'll make sure that you get into rotation we'll make sure that you'll get the views and the you know basically setting him up like yeah just just bring your music we'll make sure that you get seen so they definitely have the power to determine who goes viral, who who gets seen, who gets played, Absolutely. and who doesn't. And it's it's part of a punishment as well. You know, Absolutely. you're acting up, you're not following, you know, the quote unquote code, the code, then we can go ahead and punish you by limiting your streams and limiting your access. And you know, that's very scary if you're a musician. 
Absolutely. Even in front of, you know, even Instagram, even down to the social media, there's been mm -hmm. a lot of artists lately that saying, hey, yo, I'm shadow banned, like something going on. I know when Meek left Atlantic, he started saying how his Instagram numbers just dropped. And I mean, it's, it's not, he still has the same amount of followers. You still should be seen by the same amount of people. You know what I mean? But the engagement is down because you have unaligned yourself with that force in Atlantic. You know, Atlantic runs pretty much hip hop at this point. I mean, in the top three for sure. Um, mm -hmm. So that's just very interesting that they also align with the social media. And, but I, that's why I always say your base has to be organic. It has to be, yeah. it has to be real. It has to be from you doing shows and meeting people and talking to people and talking about your experience and giving them your info and yo, follow up. I mean, you know, they got to feel like they watched you, you know, they got to feel close to you. You know what I'm saying? And the music mm -hmm. got to be fucking good. Like that yeah. way, if all of those fail safes, if you wind up leaving a big label or whatever, you're still going to be able to, you know, do your thing. But if you're just allowing the machine to work for you, but you're not like putting anything else into it, then yeah, you're going to have a hard time if you lose that support. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. And that, and that was one of the things that helped, you know, somewhat the longevity of some of the SoundCloud rappers, right? Mm -hmm. Even more than the legacy rappers is that they built an organic fan base. Right. So when they would do a tour, their shit would literally sell out. You know what I'm saying? All their fans from SoundCloud would really come out. Whereas some of these legacy acts, you know, they're trying to they're having to cancel concerts just like the baby recently because they can't sell out a whole arena because again, a lot of those numbers on social media are inflated. Yeah. So because somebody has 20 million followers, that does not mean that those are really 20 million people following them. Half of them people are bought. Some of those numbers are inflated. A lot of these check marks are bought, you know, so they can do certain things to really get you out there. Matter of fact, who was the white guy that came out um, a few months ago that basically blasted the art. The one that was blasting Travis Scott. Remember when the whole Astro World mm, came out? Yes, and yes, he was saying that they basically made Travis made Scott. Yeah. They wrote all those media articles. They got him verified on Twitter. They had a bunch of bots. Just and like, they showed the eggs. The new song. Go stream mm -hmm. this and, and making it look like they were really fans. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to blow Travis Scott. He was a manufactured act. I mean, granted, he did have some decent songs. Yeah. But his rise was completely manufactured. And that's how it is for a lot of these artists nowadays. And I think the fact that DJ Academics pulls back that curtain, like you said, it does bother a lot of people. You know, I feel like there should be a respect factor, right? I think on one side, you have to respect those who came before you, especially in hip hop. Um, especially when you're getting into hip hop or you're talking about journalism or even just viral, you know, stories containing hip-hop right mm -hmm. you still got to respect those who came before you because at the end of the day we've all been blessed with these platforms we've been blessed to be on social media to get paid from you know youtube or instagram or tiktok these are all things that were not afforded to people before us mm -hmm. so people got to understand at the end of the day you don't own youtube you don't own tiktok you don't own twitter if they decide right now that they want to totally de-platform dj academics today, like they did Andrew Tate, there's nothing he can do. So I think for me, I just don't like when people get kind of arrogant mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, be grateful and be humble that you're able to eat off of this, that you're able to make money off of just because what he's doing is just talking, right? He's giving his opinion, his commentary. It's a lot easier to do that than to be, you know, in the sun doing construction. Let's keep that real. That's so 
Yeah. So, so you're blessed to do this job. You're not even having to come up with rhymes and, you know what I mean? Think of, be, you know, be lyrical and come up with beats. If he wants to do that, he can do that for fun. His main thing is talking. And I love the fact that he does educate people on the back end of hip hop and contracts and all that stuff, because that is what the youth needs. But my thing is, you know, at some point you do got to bring it down a bit and be humble because again, your majority of your money comes from the internet. If your fans leave you tomorrow, they're not going to be there to, you know, supply your Patreon. They're not going to be there to give you views on YouTube, you know? So I think that's where a lot of people get very comfortable with social media, where they think that money's always going to flow in. But again, the people who have the final say are these platforms. And once they platform you, you can't be like, oh, well, everybody just go send me money on PayPal. You have no access to PayPal. Well, just join my Patreon. You're blocked off of Patreon. You know what I mean? Because I've known people have been blacklisted. They are blocked. You can't even do Airbnb. They block you off of anything that you can make money from on the internet. Mm -hmm. So again, unless you own one of these platforms, you might want to tread lightly because if they want to, the same way Ebro, how he's treading lightly with Ebro because of Ebro's connections in the industry, that's the same thing with these social media platforms. Well, what's interesting is when he did his interview on um, The Breakfast Club today or whatever, Mm -hmm. he said, as he was talking and defending himself, he said, I just recently, I, I just retired my mom. He said, so I just retired my mom. She no longer works. And she was saying, she, he was saying she's a Jamaican mom and she still want to do something. So she was thinking about doing YouTube. But what I found funny was that while he was kind of trying to defend himself against this, he was saying he retired his mom. You would think that that's a time to stop and say, whoa, I just retired my motherfucking mom off talking about hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how blessed is okay. that? How blessed am I? Like, and be able to look back and say, I was only able to do that for the people because of the people who were doing it for the love. The the forefathers, they didn't think that they was going to make money off the shit. They was just doing it because they loved to do it. Like it was just something that they just loved to do. They would have done it for free. So the fact that these people, you know, at that time, did something purely for the love that I'm able to now retire my mom just off talking about this thing. That is so powerful. You know what I mean? I, I thought I, I, I would hope that that wasn't lost on him because he never really did. He didn't sound like he was going to humble up. Like, you know, he didn't sound like, mm-hmm. like he didn't sound like, you know, yeah, but y'all took me wrong. But I definitely, you know, I, I appreciate the forefathers for what, you know, they've done. Da, da, da. He didn't do that whole thing. Um, but mm-hmm. right now he he's swinging in the, in, the, in the air, you know, to the Internet. So I get it. But that's just a sign of how powerful, you know the rap world has become that some a YouTuber can retire their mom off the shit. Now mm-hmm. with the forefathers though, you ever heard that saying the man who plants the tree never gets to enjoy the shade. Mm, that's deep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is. If you're the first to do something, you know, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, you're not going to get the flowers that somebody down the line did. But what you can do is you can feel strong in your impact and you can be proud of the impact, you know, when you look at these kids, you could be like, wow, look at these kids doing a motherfucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Like, you know, it's like a sense of pride and, and, and integrity. You shouldn't be like all mad and bitter either. You know, like there's like mm-hmm. a balance to it. And I feel like a lot of times in black culture, we do that in general with a lot of things. Like you ever see like those t- um, t-shirts and stuff that be like, I am not my ancestors and shit. I hate stuff like that. 
Like, cause yeah, you're not your ancestors. Cause y'all not boycotting and walking to fucking work every day, boycotting the bus. Y'all can't even boycott, you know, brands and not buy certain designers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like this generation would never be able to get it done how a lot of our ancestors got it done, you know? But there's mm-hmm. like this, there's this snobbiness. And maybe that's just being a youth in general, right? Where, you know, they just look at everything that happened before them as um, not as impactful or not as important. Um, but I agree, but I do think it's a balance on both sides. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, and, you know, and in a way I can get the bitterness because think about it in a way, DJ academics is bitter too, because he was mad that when, when he was a quote unquote, nobody, and he wanted to interview people like Ebro and interview people like Charlemagne, the God and interview people like, you know, insert rapper here, they wouldn't give him the time of day. So now I'm that guy. Now I'm that solidified voice in hip hop and y'all have to bow down to me. That's like the attitude that he carries. Right. And I think a lot of that, yes, you can say it's arrogant, arrogance, but I also feel like some of that is bitterness and anger, you know, because again, he wanted to sit at the table with the cool kids and they told him he wasn't cool enough. But instead of him sulking away and, you know, doubting himself, he went and just, you know, made something of himself. And now he's the top guy. But instead of just being humble and being happy about it, it's all this anger and and bitterness at times. And it's like, dude, you got to let that hurt go. Okay, fine. They didn't think you were that guy, but now you are. That should be a reward enough. And speaking of the old heads, I can even see some of their bitterness, right? Because yes. You know, you want to plant seeds, you want to, you know, plant this tree and you hope that one day that you too can enjoy the shade, but you know, it takes like 80 years for a tree to fully grow. And so you're not going to be here to enjoy it. But I think where some of their anger and bitterness comes from, like you said, is the lack of appreciation of the people who came before them. Right. Even like when you think about basketball, Scottie Pippins was probably one of the, you know, best basketball players out there. Number two to Michael Jordan. If there was, it, it'd be very hard for Michael Jordan to be as great as he was if he didn't have a Scottie Pippen by his, by his side. Absolutely. Let's get real, right? People don't give him enough pops, but he was so dope, especially in the nineties. And one of the issues for Scottie Pippins is that it was a money issue on the Bulls. They were never willing to pay him what he was worth. And now when you think about these new guys coming into the, into the league, they're making millions before they even showed what they can do on the court. So in a way, when I listen to some of the old school broadcasters like Charles Barkley and Scottie Pippen's talk, you can even still kind of sense some of that bitterness, even though they're well off, they're comfortable. None of them, you know, at at the food pantry, they're fine, but it's almost like, dang, like I, I really put in work in the fact that, you know, we did pay the way for these kids and it's crazy how easier it is for them now. Case in point, even with YouTube. You know, we were one of the first ones on here as far as black folks doing commentary. And, you know, I got my channel taken from me, striped down. I had to go through all these bumps and bruises and, you know, just trying to figure out how to make it work because there was no blueprint. So now somebody can literally start a channel today and get to a million subscribers tomorrow because they were able to watch everybody else's blueprint. Mm -hmm. They don't have to go through the same mistakes and channels. You know what I mean? So... I I see it. I I see it on both parts, how people can kind of feel jaded in a way or bitter in a way. But I think the way that you resolve that is to just look at where you're at in the space that you're at. And if you're doing better than you were a year, two, three years ago, be grateful for that. Because at the end of the day, the internet, 
social media, sports, rap, hip hop, all of these genres are allowing people to not only eat, but create generational wealth. At this point, anybody can start a podcast. Anybody can start a YouTube channel. There's so many ways to hustle and talk about anything. It doesn't even have to be about hip hop. Talk about science. You could talk about, you know, making beats. You could talk about anything right now. And there's an audience for that. And that's one of the things that I do love about the internet is that it has leveled the playing ground for a lot of things. And a lot of people have been able to not only take care of themselves, but their families. I agree. Um, I also think like, with the bitterness. I mean, don't be the first to do something. Don't be the first. Jump in line on some shit that's already exist. If you wanna if you wanna guarantee, right? Like, cause you're not owed anything being the first to do something, unfortunately. Yes. And typically what happens is when you're the first, you're the test dummy, you're on the hamster wheel trying to figure it out, and then somebody watches you and say, Oh, now all I gotta do is just do that instead of that and do that. And then they pop and then it's more successful. It's down the line, you know? So if you want to do something that's more guaranteed, then do something safer. And, 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 and also because the hip hop people, right. They weren't, their intentions wasn't money. That, that wasn't their intention. Like nowadays artists go into it. I can't even call these niggas artists. Half of them. The rappers go into it trying to get money, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I need a way out the hood. I don't see no other way. I ain't willing to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to just rap and I'm going to try to get this money. I'm popular around my way. People know me. I can get this shit popping. That's the way they execute, you know? Like, that's that's their goal. If that was never your goal to begin with, if you just wanted to create some art and do some dope shit, I mean, don't allow what it has turned into to then turn around and make you bitter. You never wanted money in the first place. You just wanted to make music. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so, I mean, because it wasn't a thing, right? They wasn't making a living doing it before. It wasn't even an option to you at that time. So, but I do understand how, like, sports, because you never see LeBron this fucking, you know what I mean? Will Chamberlain, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's certain it's certain cultures that that would never happen in, you know. Like, but for rap, it just seemed like anything that's not a thing is a thing over here. It's just like all kind of like ignorant, you know, um, arrogant. It's a young man's thing, right? It's, a, mm -hmm. it's ageist. It's very, you know, sexist or sexual. It's, it's problematic, but that's why we love it. That's why we fucking love it, you know, because it's so <laughs> because it's so problematic, and it's like a lot of you know, bullshit that come with it. You know what I mean? So I'll say that. And a lot of the old heads that made it, like the LLs and all that, I don't know what they do behind the scene, but I, I just wonder what they're doing to preserve, you know? Like it, like white kids that listen to rock and shit, they know all the old back in the day bands. They know mm -hmm. Pink You know what I mean? Like they know freaking Nirvana, you know? They buy that merch. They buy those shirts, you know? Like they are very much into preserving their culture. It seems like, you know, us as a as a community in, in hip hop, we don't preserve the culture as good as we should. You know what I'm saying? And that's a thing. That's why my son who's 17, he knows every last word to Bean's album, The Truth. Okay? I don't play that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's but so far I go back. Like, I don't go back. I don't know all that shit from way back in the 80s. But from my, when I was growing up, you know, the 2000s, mm -hmm. I make sure that my child knows that stuff because I care about preserving the culture and I care about, you know, the oldies, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that's what it is. That's what it boils down to in hip hop is that there are there's a lack of respect. And I think part of that, like you said, it's a young man's game. And that's because a lot of the rappers, even though the ones that we would call older rappers, right? Like Jay-Z's now like in his 50s, right? So even like some of those older rappers, well, they were the ones refusing to grow up. We forget. Remember, he came out the whole song, 30's a new 20. I'm all grown up. No, 30 is 30. It's not the new 20. So they themselves were also pushing that ageist agenda. And then now that they're in their 50s, now it's like, oh, but I'm still here. I still got the game. Well, no, we don't want to hear from you. We want to hear these new young 20-something-year-olds. So then it's like you have this battle of like the youth versus the older people, you know, but that's because a lot of them themselves didn't even want to grow up. And now it's like, I think it's kind of catching up to them, right? Because it's like y'all for so long made it where, you know, Jay-Z did the same thing. He was dissing the people who came before him. And I remember Nelly was going, him and KRS-One was beefing back in the 2000s, you know? So it's always been like the young guys versus the old guys as opposed to them coming together and recording. And then from the young guys, huh? He said, he said, uh, one more please. He said, you're the first rapper. I should get an MC pension. <laughs> that's what I, I mean. That's what Nelly said about Paris. <laughs> right. But you would think like, you know, like if this was rock and roll, they would have came together and did a song. Right. So, you know, that, and that's just part of that part of hip hop, you know, where you got the young guys coming at the older guys and the older guys are trying to school them and make them feel like, you know, they know it all. And the young guys aren't trying to hear it. Because it's like, if you know it all, you should have money. You should be where we're at. But they're not understanding that all of those opportunities that the young guys have now was not available for them back in the 80s and 90s. It just wasn't. Well, the young boys, they do the same thing, like with the youth aesthetic. Um, I I remember me and my son was talking and he was saying how his little brother told him he don't want a little facial hair when his when his little beard and shit started growing in. And I said, wow, that's very interesting when I was younger, all the kids, they couldn't wait until they said they first hair. They'd be like, hey, you mm-hmm. see me, you know what I mean? And I was like, but when I think about it, you know, like King Von, um, Dirk, Kodak Black, right? They all grow beards and stuff, but they purposely keep their face bare face so that they can still Yeah, that young. is true. Yeah, they, it's, like a, it's it, they want to still appear much younger than what they are. You know, they want to look like Yeah, because they're all like their late 20s, like 28 exactly. and up. But exactly. they all, to me, every time I look at them, they still look like they're 19, 20. Exactly. That's why. Because mm. they keep their face bare. And when um, Kodak Black got locked up recently, the mugshot, he had a little, uh, you know, he had a little shadow. I said, oh, shit. And I said, I said, damn. I said, I didn't even realize, you know, that he don't, like, he purposely keep his shit, like, bare face like a kid. That's some, mm. that's some new shit. I, I didn't even realize that rappers was doing it. But when I started thinking about all of you know, all those rappers, I'm like, you know, again, Vine did the same shit, and Dirk do the same shit, you know what I mean? So, they're purposely mm-hmm. trying to keep this, like, young type of look, which is also interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the same, we can always say that for women, you know, because especially in women, being young and youthful, that's, like, priority, you know, and it's like, once you get to a certain age, it's like, just, you know, throw her out. She's over the hill. And that's, that's crazy. At least the guys get a little bit of grace as they get older, but like with women in hip hop, it's definitely like once they've hit 40, it's like, anyways, you know, I mean, Nikki's still kind of able to hang in there, but a lot of the older women in hip hop, you know, 40 on up, people aren't supporting them as much as they are like the younger women that are coming up, like the Glorillas and the Cardis and, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
people like that, Sukihanas, because they're all in their 20s. Right. Well, this mm-hmm. is the first time, right, that we're able to see uh, hip hop is what, 50 years old. So this is mm-hmm. us. This is our first testing to see what it looks like to have a rap fan who is, you know, older, right? Like, because people who grew up, shit, my mom, let me see, my mom is 50, uh, 52, and my mom used to listen to, you know, Two Live Crew and um, Naughty by Nature and all that stuff, but she doesn't really listen to hip-hop now. Like, not current, I'm saying. I'm saying her demographic. Like, she doesn't still go back to that or still listens. It seems like a lot of people, when they get older, when they get more mature, they kind of phase out of hip-hop kind of as a whole, not just their, not just the current stuff, but even their stuff, at least in my experience. Yeah. And I think too, like the music nowadays, people are just not into it. Like, unless you're like around that age range, a lot of older people are just not into the music nowadays. They're not into the whole, you know, drill rap and all that stuff. It just really depends on the age range. So I think that's how people kind of outgrow it. Because it's like a lot of people say that the music that's being made now, it just doesn't resonate with them. There's not enough lyrics, the the beats. It's not the same as like 2000s and before. But they're also not going to go listen to Jim Jones and Mano's new album that just dropped. I guess that's what I'm saying. That's true. It's, it's, it's not, I understand you not wanting it. Because I hate, what I hate is a 40-year-old that only want to listen to Dirt. Like nigga, you was here when you know right. when Blueprint dropped. If you don't put that fucking Blueprint on and stop playing, you know, like you act like you don't know nothing except Kodak. Because I like all of it, you know. I like young. I like old. I like everything, right? Even mm-hmm. not just rap. I just I like all genres also. So that's different. But for them old men that be acting like they only like young new rappers, that shit is a burnout. Um, but they also don't keep up with the newer stuff from the elder statesmen, you know, like if the locks dropped the album today, those mm-hmm. 45 year old men may not necessarily go, you know, running to go put it on, which I, I find what that. Is what is that? Yeah. I think that it's just a thing where they just, it's an age out. Some things you age out, like, like crime, crime, you age out of typically. So if you're going back and forth to prison, right. Typically mm-hmm. when you get to be like 45, 48, whatever, you might still go back if you're just a person prone to keep going back, but it's not going to be for the same. It might be for, for something way more petty now because you're just kind of aging out of crime. You old as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't keep doing the same. You don't have the, the stamina. So I think that it's just maybe hip hop is just like an age out thing where maybe the, the content is just something that people don't really care to like take in as they get older, I guess. That's very interesting because, yeah, when I do think about that, when a lot of older artists drop, right? Like you said, Mano, The Locks, um, Bone, they, I don't know how many albums all the Bone members have dropped. You don't hear anybody talking about it, really. You know, like you have to like purposely go and look for it. And you would think, okay, well, we grew up on Bone. So every time they drop, we should be the main one supporting it. But it's just like, I don't know. Or do you feel like maybe it's even like a reminder, like, damn, I'm getting old. And I don't feel like being reminded because they're getting old, you know, so it's a reflection in the mirror. No, because we still no, because I'll still go and see Fantasia or whoever, you know, is from our generation. I don't give a damn. I'll still go and see mm-hmm. them. Granted, it's not that far. Like, I don't know how old Fantasia is. She a couple years older than me, but it's, it's not that far removed. But I'm just saying, 
I will go and listen to my legacy X. I will give them a shot. Sometimes the music is just not that good. Let's 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 start there when it comes to rap. Mm. Sometimes it just doesn't sound good. Like it's just sonically, it just sounds older. Like they're trying to keep it with the youth. Yes, yes. So it's and not hitting the same. Right, right. Okay. So, but R and B doesn't have that problem. You know what yeah. I mean? If you go to a Mary show, everybody who grew up listening to Mary, plus their kids, you know, like mm-hmm. every, plus the mom, everybody's there. So it's just it's just interesting. I don't know what it is about rap wise like that. Well, that is very that is a very interesting. I'm gonna think about that more. I definitely, you know, that's definitely for some food for thought because yeah, a lot of um, you know, it's very easy to diss the pioneers, but when they are putting out music, um, people are saying that DJ Academics is wrong for the things that he said, but are people actually supporting these pioneers? Because a lot of them are still making music. They're still making beats. They're still, you know, very heavily involved in hip hop, but you don't see people promoting, you know, the newest thing that spice one is doing. I couldn't tell you does even have an Instagram page. I don't know, you know, but, (laughs) but that's how it is, you know, unfortunately. So I think this was like a really good conversation. You know, like I said, I think, it boils down to it's not so much what you say, but how you say it. And I think that's the whole issue that people are having with DJ Academics. We get it. You being upset, you know, feeling away now that you've made it. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like the girl who was ugly in high school or right. fat in high school that people made fun of. And now you fast forward, you know, five, six years later, she's bad as hell. Mm-hmm. She done got her body done, fixed her teeth, you know, got a dermatologist. You know, she's she's a baddie. So now when she sees those same dudes who, you know, who she wanted them to give her a chance and get to know who she was. And now they're trying to holler at her. She's thinking back to like, nah, you weren't paying me no mind in high school. F you. You know what I'm saying? I would never give you the time of day. That's kind of the attitude that DJ Academics has. He was like, in high school, he done lost weight. Well, not really, but you know what I'm saying? He done lost weight. And now he's the guy and he's like, nah, nah, I'm shitting on all you bitches. You know what I'm saying? All yeah. you bitches my sons. <laughs> it's exactly, he reminds me of the guy who was like real, the cornball at school and then became a cop. And now he out here, say, he out here terrorizing niggas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he reminds me of that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't gave him a badge and a gun. You can't tell him shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, real red. And I'll say that if people do really care about this, because a lot of people don't, but if you do, I mean, um, support Hip Hop Alliance. I think that is a really good start because they're really trying to help with like just career education in general. You know what I mean? Music rights, mm-hmm. radio, even um, retirement and healthcare stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, it's a it's a good it's a good thing to support if you if you care about this type of thing and also yeah, check it out it looks very interesting the hip hop alliance I found the website yeah and also the um the the hip hop museum too you know go and but the but the biggest thing that you can do to support older legacy acts is share their music with your children and like the younger people in your family and like you know go down these rabbit holes about oh this is this is the, that was sampled from this record anytime you hear some new shit that's sampled from something you play it for them and you let them hear it and you expose them to it that's what I do with my son and I think mm-hmm. he's a really really to be 17 He's really um, astute in his hip hop um, history, and um, I'm proud of that. You know what I mean? So I think if if you do care, that's the best way. You know, keep sharing the music down the generations. Definitely. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us today, BL. This has been a really good conversation. Thank um, you. So just, yeah, just concerning everything with like hip hop and DJ academics, and and I think 
the main thing I've liked about this is that, like you said at the beginning, it sparked a whole dialogue. Mm-hmm. It really has. It brought back a lot of names that I had, child, I had forgotten about. You know, so now I'm like, well, damn, what's up with Curtis Blow? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like stirred up some stuff. So now I want to go and Google some of these legacy acts and make sure they're alive and well and and Mm -hmm. doing good and got health care and all this shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is a good dialogue. And I'm glad, you know, sometimes it takes people like DJ Academics ruffling feathers for these conversations to be had. But I really respected the way LL Cool J came at him. I thought LL Cool J made some excellent, excellent points. I did too. It was beautiful. Beautiful what he said. I loved it. It was. Thank you very much for having me, sis. I appreciate you. Definitely. Nope, you're definitely welcome. And once again, T-Sippers, thank y'all so much for tuning in. We will talk to you guys later. Have a good evening. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.